Welcome to the Defense and Aerospace Report. I'm Vaga Maradian. This podcast version of our interview is brought to you by L3 Technologies. Welcome to the Defense and Aerospace Report. I'm Vaga Maradian here at the Farnborough Air Show, one of the world's best air shows that brings together government officials, military leaders, industry executives, as well as planes from all around the world. Our coverage here on this RAF 100th anniversary is sponsored by Leonardo DRS and Farnborough International, and we're honored to have us with us the Minister for UK Defence Procurement, Gito Beb. Sir, thanks very much for joining us. It's a pleasure. Um, so, this morning, uh, the Prime Minister and the uh, Defence Secretary, Gavin Williamson, announced the Future Combat Air System, uh, an effort to uh, reclaim, if you will, sovereign UK aerospace capabilities, looking uh, at a system based uh, at, you know, about a decade, decade and a half in the future. We talked uh, the Chief of Air Staff, uh, Air Chief Marshal Sir Stephen Hillier, uh, about that a little bit. One of the concerns you hear from British industry about a lot of the programs that have happened, particularly about the Joint Strike Fighter, is that in it is a lot of American technology, that technology transfer goes one way to the United States, even though the UK is a very key partner on that. Talk to us a little bit about the defense industrial strategy that Secretary Williamson is working. Philip Dunn produced a report that's feeding uh, into that in terms of a series of recommendations, and we have an opportunity to talk to Philip last week at the uh, Royal International Air Tattoo. Talk to us a little bit about FCAS and where that fits into the kind of defense industrial strategy that you think Britain needs to balance its immediate operational needs with its long-term strategic industrial capability. Well, I think you're absolutely right in touching upon the long-term industrial capability that we have. And I'm very pleased that you've also read the reports produced by Philip Dunn, which is an excellent piece of work highlighting the contribution that defence makes to the prosperity of the United Kingdom. But when it comes to the combat air issue, I think it is fair to say that as a tier one partner to the United States on the F-35 programme, we have a certain degree of capability and skills which are recognised across the globe, certainly recognised in a European context. But we need to harness that to ensure that we have a, a, a real benefit to UK uh, manufacturing and to the prosperity agenda in the United Kingdom. So we did say quite clearly uh, in late February, early March that we would be launching this combat air strategy and we've worked in partnership with industry to bring this forward. This is a an innovative approach where we have industry and governments putting a financial support into the system to ensure that we develop a new generation capability, building upon the work that we're doing with the US on the F-35, building upon the partnership we've had on Eurofighter with partner nations in Europe and ensuring that we bring in a capability which will be what is needed by our Air Force, but also ensuring that we're building upon the skills and the expertise and the knowledge of our industrial partners here in the United Kingdom. Um, is there any concern to you at a time when uh, the American administration, I mean, there's now a transatlantic trade war going on, uh, you're in the midst of Brexit negotiations, I think, I think everybody's noticed that, uh, certain interesting moments over the last uh, few days, uh, given the president's visit here to the UK, uh, we have a trans-Pacific trade war that's also going on, and there is a concern that Buy American and America First is going to squeeze even British suppliers uh, and even close NATO suppliers off the map. You're having conversations with folks in the Pentagon. Is that a concern that you have at all, that this drive, a uh, nationalistic drive, could reflect itself uh, with a UK industrial base that's an integral partner with the United States? 
Well, we, we certainly hope not, because from my perspective, I do believe that free trade is a good thing. Uh, I know that the president has concerns about issues around free trade, but in, in, on balance, our view in the United Kingdom is that an open defence market, an open market in general, is a good thing. The arguments we had about Brexit in this country, regardless of which side you were on, the arguments we had on Brexit was not about um, a Britain first policy, it was more about a more open Britain, a feeling that we should be doing uh, deals not just with our European partners but with other countries across the world. So the view here in the United Kingdom is fundamentally a view that we should be supporting free trade in general. In the defence markets I think I'm right in saying that the United Kingdom can claim to have one of the most open defence markets in the world and I hope that this current um, hiccup that we're having in terms of uh, recognising the importance of free trade will be dealt with. I understand that the President has concerns, but from our perspective the key thing is to ensure that our partnerships with American industry carry on working in, for the benefit of the people of the United States and the people of the United Kingdom. Let me ask you about the Strategic uh, Defence and Security Review 1919. Boy, that was me channeling <laughs> some World War I history. I you saw a puppy. You were RAF 100, I'm sure. I was thinking about the RAF 100. And still the same handsome uniform that uh, airmen have sported over the last hundred years, which also makes it cooler. But I digress. Let me ask you about the SDSR. Next year, there's going to be uh, an SDSR. We're already hearing uh, the drive to have to make up savings. Uh, I've heard 750 million pounds is one of the numbers that's been circulated. Uh, that's going to fall a little bit on your bailiwick in terms of figuring out those efficiencies. Let's call yes. it that way, efficiencies. Uh, there hasn't been a single UK defense review I've covered that hasn't included <laughs> that word. Talk to us a little bit about how you're going to do this, because um, there's no nation that it's worked harder to get more capability delivered for less money, but eventually it starts to become a really, really tough battle. Talk to us about how you're going to bridge that gap, um, how you're going to find efficiencies at this point, given that everybody has, has, has rated every possible seat cushion at this point uh, to find efficiencies to, to drive into the, uh, into the portfolio. Well, I think the first thing to be said, and I think your, your viewers should be aware of the fact that despite the fact that we are facing a challenging budget, we actually have an increasing defence budget in the United Kingdom, and I'm so sure your presidents will be very pleased to hear that. Uh, we currently have an agreement where the defence budget in the United Kingdom is protected, and it's actually increasing by half a percent above inflation every single year. But when the Secretary of State uh, assumed his position back in November last year, one of the first things he decided to do was to look at defence spending anew. We had an SDSR in, in 2015, but there was a view that the challenges and the threats that we're facing has changed quite dramatically in the last three years. So the question was to identify what is the capabilities that we need moving forward to meet the challenges that we are now facing in 2018. So we're currently doing the modernising defence programme, which is trying to put the capability need first. Once we've identified the capability need, then we have a, an opportunity to have an informed argument within government as to the level of spending that we need moving forward. And you're absolutely right to say that efficiency savings will be part of our response. And I would love to say that I could you know, look across the piece in the MOD and say that every single programme is delivering on time and on budget. But that's not the case. We are doing really well in terms of generating efficiencies, but we can always do more. But the other thing we need to do is to try and ensure that we do target our spending, our significant defence budgets. We do target it on the capabilities that we need to fight and deal with the emerging threats that we're now facing. And uh, last question before I get the hook. Um, you had a naval strategy, so congratulations on the Type 26, uh, big Type 26 victory in okay, Australia, putting UK shipbuilding and uh, maritime industries back on the international map, uh, although there are some people in the industry who might uh, dispute that. You have the air strategy now, and as you said, UK is open for business and for partnership. Um, 
want to delve in that a little bit more deeply if I can in a minute, but on ground systems, that's the next big uh, part that hasn't been addressed. When are we going to see a ground system strategy from government? Well, in terms of the way we're trying to do things, we're trying to identify the need to protect our shipbuilding sector, which is why we developed the shipbuilding strategy. And thank you for acknowledging the success of the Type 26 campaign in Australia, which is the largest defence uh, acquisition programme of this decade, I suspect. So it was a great success for the British industry and a big vote of confidence in our strategy. Now, when we look at the aerospace sector, it's a hugely important sector of the United Kingdom, which is why we've developed this strategy. But on the land sector, we're also looking very carefully at how we can support our land sector. We have the Ajax, Ajax programme, uh, which is based in South Wales, uh, which is a, the, one of the biggest procurements for the land sector in a generation. We are currently going at the assessment stage for the boxer vehicle for the, uh, for the land domain as well. So we are very carefully looking at whether we need to develop a strategy in due course. But because we're doing the MDP as well, and because the commitment to the combat air strategy had started earlier, we will wait until we get the results of the MDP before we decide as to whether we need to do a strategy for the land sector. But you can rest assured that the investment into the land sector is being done and is being done with a degree of confidence in British industry as well. I've gotten the high sign, 10 seconds. Um, are you open to cooperating with Germany and France on their new combat aircraft program? I think the key thing is from this one we've highlighted the fact that we think we've got the capability, we think we're at the cutting edge, but if the Germans and the French want to talk to us we'd be ha very happy to do so. Fantastic sir, thanks very much and best of luck to all the Merseyside football clubs. Thank you, that's appreciated, thank you. Thanks.